0: Welcome to Zony Living. This edition will be one you'll want to play again and again. If you've ever wondered how some people can look great, whether they are attending a gala or washing a car, it could be because they are clients of expression expert, Bobby Casalino-Lewis. Fashion is what you wear. Style is how you wear it. I would love to help you fashion your style, she says. And she means it. She wants us to show up on the outside as we are on the inside. And she wants us to do it now. And at every age. Bobby has many layers to her life her personality, her background, and what she brings to the world. But if you could only use one word to describe her, it would be glow. That's G L O W. And that's what she brings everywhere she goes, even to our closets. Bobby has this unique ability to figure out our individual style physically go into our closets, put things together we might not have considered before, and expand our wardrobe with a list of specific accessories that would complete the picture. She promises, and these are her words, you will never be in a situation where you don't know what to wear, because I'll be a phone call away. Bobby also has released her wonderful, beautiful new book. It's called So That's What Seventy Looks Like, The Essence of Aging Gracefully. Just look at this gorgeous woman in this gorgeous gown. This is Bobby Casolino Lewis joining us today from California. Hi, Bobby. You're in Los Angeles. Yes, I am. Fantastic. It's a a I gloomy to... Los Angeles
1: at that, but why I should think I was in Montana or
0: something with the turtleneck on. But <laughs> <laughs> You look fabulous as always. Oh, thank you. In your book, you take us on a journey through 12 essences. To illustrate these essences, we see you fashionably presented as an aerial artist on a beach, underwater in a pool, and you are incredible shape, by the way. We see you with your two dogs looking fierce. Let's dive into some of these essences. Your leadership style is described as leadership and fellowship, bridging people together. This worked well for you in your career on Wall Street. Would you share a little bit of background with us? I'd love to. Wall Street
1: was quite a trip. If um, you've seen any of the movies from the 70s and 80s, uh, that's when I was there. I left uh, Wall Street and moved to California in 1992. So I was um, in the mix for quite some time. And I ran the installation of trading rooms for a company that manufactured. Um, that manufactured the the multi-line telephones that the traders would do their transactions over. And um, I wound up rising to the position of a vice president on Wall Street in an all-male firm uh, in 1981. Wow. And I had a team of 23 project managers, all women, because they're the only ones that could multitask. And, um, <laughs> and that's not sexist at all. We tried. The guys would say... <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I think they know that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They go. Oh, I'm
1: not doing this. So, um, and one more beautiful and more gracious and more lovely than the other. So, um, and it was a manner. You know, and you know, you get that many women together. That's quite a contest to get them to work as a team. Well, um, I can uh, imagine
0: that it must have been such a big difference from your time in that career to your time in Los Angeles today. Uh, one of the, the highlights that I enjoyed in your book was uh, your dramatic exuberant essence. And <laughs> you write, I live in a no drama zone, yet dramatic is another story entirely. Architecture, right. extraordinary splashes of color, sharp angles, and asymmetrical cuts in clothing make my heartbeat a little faster. And I was thinking the same thing when I was reading that, as uh, does your red Corvette um, I am sure that uh, you were able to manifest, uh, yet you know that you're not a, a fan of drama, and, and you describe yourself as a Pollyanna, uh, that problems can be surmounted with a positive attitude.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And kindness.
1: I think kindness. kindness even yeah. before Even before anything else, you know, just everybody's got their day. And, you know, I, I am very exuberant about my red Corvette, um, so exuberant, uh-huh. uh, in fact, that... Um, I didn't appreciate getting pulled over recently for going too fast by the policeman when I was on my way to rowing in the morning at six o'clock. I was like, seriously, you don't have anything better to do than come out here and shoot fish in a barrel?
0: Come on. Well, you can't hide in a red Corvette. And I think uh, you told me that you had an experience with a an Arizona Highway Patrolman as well.
1: Yes, I did. <laughs> and that's in my book. It was hysterical. It was hysterical. He was so cute.
0: To me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love. You made it such a beautiful experience. I think that's fantastic. At 116 degrees,
1: sitting on the side of the road, well, they couldn't get their act together. Yeah, it was great.
0: <laughs> what a great attitude. Well, another essence is your book is a romantic, which to you means glamorous, and that's the element of surprise, that uh, that's your idea of romance, you write, because it has confidence all over it. Trusting yourself enables glamorous which is being and feeling attractive or appealing in an exotic or exciting way. And when someone profoundly knows themselves, you say, they need little or no propping up from others because they have done the work to align with their purpose. So they have a strong sense of self and willingness to be themselves. And all I have to say about that is, wow, you sure know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's um, it's that whole walking your talk and,
1: And um, confidence is an inside job, you can never get enough from the outside to fill you up ever. And you'll always be hunting for it. So if you can fill up your own cup, so that it's overflowing, then the rest comes naturally and confidence to me is, is everything it's, you know, it's, I find it attractive, I think confidence is sexy. I'm not talking about cocky. I'm talking about true confidence, like truly knowing who you are and loving who you are and liking the way you show up. I mean, it's just, it just, it, it that's, you know, all that woo woo talk about being in flow and that kind of stuff. That's being in flow. You know, and Bobby, by the way, TWW, the woo work. So I'm a woo girl. I'm, <laughs> I'm not making fun of anybody. I know. Nope. All modalities. I'm loving it.
0: I, I love it, too. I just wrote that down. And I I wanted to mention that um, you have so much confidence. I mean, in every picture, it's, there it's, it's super clear you know who you are. And I was wondering at what point you really stepped into your own. Was that when you were working back on Wall Street? I think
1: I always had an inkling. I mean, there's some stories of that I didn't even put in there. I've got some other stories that uh, would be hysterical and, you know, just kind of thing. But humor, I think was the way I sort of mitigated my fear. And, um, and I just always kind of, my dad taught me, you know, when you, when you're driving a car, put enough metal in front of the other car and they'll stop and you can go. (laughs) And I used to deliver balance beams for him to schools because he just, designed and developed um, beautiful balance beams and other gymnastics equipment. And um, I'd carry a balance beam, you know, 18 footer on my shoulder into a school. And he always just told me, don't even stop at the office, just keep walking like you know where you're going. And it was amazing people would see me and they go, Oh, the gym is over there. There you (laughs) go. You just look like you know what you're doing. Exactly. So that was that was my training. So I think there was a thread of it always. But I'll tell you, when the huge turning point for me was in 2019, when I discovered um, a modality called human design, it's a sort of a combination of astrology and I Ching and um, numerology, all wrapped up into one. But I learned that each one of us comes to this planet with our own specific design. And that is the connection of the 64 DNA codons that are that make us up. And once I learned about my design and really understood that what I instinctually knew to do was, it was the right thing to do, oh my goodness, it was like this huge sigh of relief. It's like, oh, so that's why. And then it was has been nonstop ever since. So uh, there's an amazing an amazing ability once you honestly and truly have bona fide documented information that this is who you are and it's okay. It's okay.
0: Oh, yes, how how reassuring. I'll have to learn more about that. From here, I'd, I'd like to talk about how you transform your clients through how they dress. And these are celebrities, TEDx speakers, executives, authors. Your talent is bringing what is on the inside of a person to the outside so that when they enter a room, they're expressing already who they are without even having to say anything. And that's magic. Can you share a bit about this, how this process works, and how your intuition plays into that?-
1: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to. First of all, I think every single one of us is a celebrity. I don't deal with many celebrity celebrities, you know, the Hollywood crowd that's not my that's not my jam. but Every time you walk out your front door, that's a red carpet. It's another opportunity to say, here I am. So re- if you regard it as that, it makes it fun. And um, and when I work with clients, I, I'll talk about the TEDx because that's something that's more recent. Um, I had said that I couldn't stand when I heard, heard a great talk and then I opened my eyes and looked at them and they were so incongruous mm-hmm. the way they looked with their talk. And I said, boy, if I had a chance to dress them for their talk, I would grab it in a second. And about two days later, a girlfriend of mine is on the TEDx committee in Manhattan Beach, California, and I was in. So when I work with clients, particularly those clients who are going to be on stage, going to be on video, going to do their website videos, going to do their website photographs and show their personality, I the first time I meet with them is over the phone. No pictures. I do no research. I don't look them up on YouTube and um, Facebook or any place else. I don't want to know anything about them. I just want to talk to them. And I tell you, it is magical. If you listen, well, at least for me, if you listen, somebody will tell you exactly who they are and then it's um, it's so easy to wrap them in their message it's so easy and um and and it just transforms because you know I'm in people's closets all over the world virtually and some physically but virtually and and I see things that are in their closet and pair them in a different way than they've ever paired them and my favorite words are, oh, my God, I love this, but I never would have thought to put these together. So their confidence is just needing to be acknowledged because most people that I work with, they go, I don't know what I'm going to wear. I, you know, and I said, no, 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 don't worry about that. I'll take care of that. Let's t- let's talk about what you're going to talk about. Who do you uh-huh. want to reach? How do you want them to hear you and see you? what message do you want them to come away with? What is it about you that you want to share with them? And it changes the whole perspective. And all of a sudden we've got a fairy princess or a Prince Charming on our hands who feels comfortable in their skin they stand in that red dot or in front of that camera or wherever they are. They're not tugging and pulling at their clothes and questioning whether they
0: look right. They know they do. Wow. And they're aligned to their message. That's just incredible. And as you say, just by listening, you can make this happen. And that sounds so magical uh, to me. Can you give a, another example of what how, some, how you've changed uh, the way somebody shows up? that completely changed their confidence and um, their presence?
1: Sure. Early on, when I was bridging between getting out of the corporate world and getting out of the corporate world, <laughs> actually getting out, um, I started taking on clients and I started exploring um, the, the you know, where was it going to go? You know, I would just, I didn't retire, I just switched lanes. And um, so it's where I was going to go. And I worked with this one client who was she was maybe my age or older at that time. Um, That's probably 10 some odd years ago. And, um, and I just changed up things a little bit for her and put on some colors and she was always wearing black and her husband gave her compliments and she called me up in tears. She said, he has, Jerry hasn't complimented me in years and years and years. Oh, that And wow. here he was, noticing her in a whole new way. So, I mean, I was like, uh, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. Truly transforming lives. I watched you on a YouTube interview not too long ago. And I, I think I may have told you since then when I get dressed, you're in my head in my closet and... <laughs> One tip in particular is about directing attention to our face and and share with us what that means.
1: Well, look at what, look what I'm doing, right? It's a V. I've got something of interest here, but it's up close. I've got these glasses on and um, doesn't show that well on camera, I guess, but some bright orange lipstick. And if you want people to listen to you, they need to see you. And making eye contact and making that visual contact is so important. You'll see when good speakers get on the stage, they'll take about 10 to 15 seconds to look around the room and make eye contact. They don't say anything until they have made eye contact. And then you can visibly see the audience because they've now taken that person, the speaker in, they, that audience visually and viscerally sits back and relaxes. They're not in flight and they're not in fright. They trust this person, but we're visual creatures. So you have to establish that visual comfort first before you
0: can expect anyone to hear a single word you have to say. I think you also said in your book something like, um, we waste a year of our life trying to figure out what to wear. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that, that comes down to several things, right? Um, knowing knowing what works for you before you buy it mm. and loving everything you bring in and making sure that every single thing that's in your closet is ready to wear. Good tip. Meaning it's, it's tailored, it's clean, it's repaired, it's whatever, you know, doesn't have any bad memories. No bad memories in your closet get them out yeah i like that tip but, um but uh you know that i think is the the easy part of it i can actually go into my closet which is pretty stuffed right now because i'm still an east coast girl and do that seasonal swap thing but um i can get dressed most times without even opening my eyes just by touch uh. and also i dress for the day i want some days I want to wear this pair of shoes. So I'm going to build my outfit from the floor up. And some days I want to wear a specific purse or a scarf or a color or whatever. And then then I build it around that. And that's and I'm not forcing anything. It's just kind of, oh, that's how that yeah, I feel like wearing raspberry today. Hmm. What color am I going to wear with raspberry?
0: Oh, I'm going to wear it
1: with orange.
0: Oh <laughs> that's fun. Hey, I know that I noticed also that you talk about shoes. Shoes is an easy fix if you want to change <laughs> things up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and at any stage of our life, I think, um, shoes are an easy fix. I remember being absolutely obsessed with a pair of shoes when I um, came home from break, uh, came, I was on break from college and I had definitely gained the 15 if not more. And, um, and, uh, and, But i could fit in the shoes
0: (laughs) and then during um
1: i'll call it the pause um we were on zoom so much and everybody you know started being on zoom all the time i declared that earrings were the new shoes
0: oh very good yeah i love that (laughs) as a little girl you would sew your clothes for yourself and you talked about sewing them for your sister as well You also Um, talk about getting lovely hand-me-downs from wealthy neighbors and wealthy neighbor and and relatives. Tell Mm -hmm. us about your childhood and how how that life shaped you. Um, How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) The condensed version.
1: (laughs) Uh, I did not have a delightful childhood. I'll tell you that. Um, My mother was a very unhappy woman. I was the oldest of four children. Sorry to hear that. um, And... uh, you know, I was, I guess I was relegated to raising the other three. So, um, It wasn't it wasn't that great, but I got involved in school and I found havens and friends houses and stuff like that. And uh, and, you know, just decided who I wanted to be like. And I had a great role model of who I didn't want to be like Mm -hmm. in my mother. And then I just kept looking for people that I could aspire to be like. And I became very involved in school and athletics and cheerleading and you name it. You know, I said yes. Yeah. So I love that. um, So. And creative, because there wasn't a lot of money either. I didn't grow up poor, but there wasn't a lot of money. And with four kids, you can only imagine. Oh, sure. And um, yeah, so my grandmother and my father's whole side of the family uh, that survived World War II uh, were actually in the clothing business. So it kind of was in the fabric of my soul to uh, to be in, uh, involved with uh, clothing. So yeah, I'd, I'd whip up little drawstring skirts and came up with ideas for halter tops and things like that and yeah so i i've moved up the food chain uh and when i was in high school made suits and and learned other stuff um i never really mastered tailoring i don't like fixing things i like making them but i didn't like fixing them so i take them to my grandmother and have her fix them but uh yeah but um clothing has always been important to me it's just always been important to me i I used to lay out my outfits when I was a kid for school in my closet. My father built us a w- walk-in closet. I shared it with my sister, and I for the week, I would have all my clothes uh, spray starched and ironed. The shirts and everything would be in outfits hanging in there. And Aww. what was I? I was in middle school, you know, junior high school, so what I was I was in my early teens. Oh, that's so just, that's, 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 that's always a great been memory. my thing.
0: Well, as I mentioned earlier, there are so many layers to Bobby Casolino Lewis. Uh, she's a beautiful, masterful manifester. So, Bobby, you manifested your red Corvette that we just spoke about, and that was a 2017 Stingray Grand Sport with manual transmission, which you picked everything down to the red interior, red on red. Also, you manifested your house. Now, these, these are big things. You, you also wrote down the date you were going to leave your job in New York City. How, how do you explain manifesting?
1: Well, first of all, you have to get very, very, very clear on what you want. And I was clear, I wanted, I wanted to be paid to leave British Telecom within two years. And I put down the date, the date that I wrote it down was May fifteenth, 2011. And on May 15th, 2013, I got my check, and I turned in my
0: computer. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, getting getting back to your book, so that's what 70 looks like. I believe my favorite part is where you describe your inner male essence as a gladiator. (laughs) Love it. You write, still untamed. After all these years, when it comes to what I'm passionate about, and you describe this as fairness and injustice, uh, that's when you had my heart, absolutely, when you wrote, I am a gladiator for my only child, Bo Saul James Lewis, for underdogs, people with disabilities, and ignorant injustice. There's no doubt. You, You are a warrior, a true gladiator, Bobby.
1: Well, and I like the I like the look of gladiator on a female too. I love those. I have some sandals, you know, that go all the way I up. Do
0: too. I do. i love it. <laughs> yeah, so
1: so I mean, gladiator is kind of a fashion statement first, I think, and then uh, it kind of fits the bill.
0: You also describe your inner core as a triangle with three pillars: kindness, bravery, and integrity. You say these pillars keep your life clean and simple. Tell us about that
1: it's getting clear about what's important to you. Um when i first started learning about computer science and that was back in at Kent State University in 1970 and we had these room room size computers and there would be you'd it'd be cards you'd card punch cards and they'd go through and they'd read the cards and they but every once in a while there was a card that they would call discard eligible. So that card would you know was you know, it would be discard eligible. So with these three pillars in, of my life, brave, bravery, integrity, and kindness, it makes other people and events and activities and opportunities and whatever discard eligible if they don't fit inside my triangle. Mm. So if there's something unkind about a person or a thing, I then I'm going to say, no, thank you. And you know and with the bravery and integrity i mean if you, if you don't do what you say you're going to do and you don't live in integrity i mean like if you don't do that for you how can i even hope you'd do it for me mm-hmm. so it just it makes it i think really clean because you're not going through a whole list of things that you know that you know would be qualifications no it's really simple these are the thing these are the three things that are my core values you know, being honest, being brave, and being an in integrity. So it's made my life very simple. And this is not something that I've always had. Maybe I had it, but I didn't, you know, substantiate it. This is recent. In the last couple of years, I came up with this because I needed a foundation. And a triangle is the most sturdy of all of all configurations. So I thought, well, I'll have three legs to my stool and I won't fall over.
0: Wow. Well, that's a great way to filter through everything. And as you say, keep it super simple and and clean. Bobby, you're just an incredible woman and so generous. In fact, the last page of your book says, my mission is to help you feel great about yourself. After all, to glow, not a lofty goal because living well is our God-given right. However, as in my early experience, if you don't have the right mentor or one close at hand, you will always have me just a book's reach away happily ever after is a work in progress and now you have a partner i absolutely love it thank you so much for sharing your gifts with us today so beautiful thank you so much bonnie this has just been delightful
1: and uh, you're causing me to tear up which oh. i do quite often <laughs> i'm not a crier i'm a weller upper
0: you but. know when i read your book you made me want to be uh, more fierce And uh, I felt so strong and just so uh, close to you when when I finished reading it. I just felt like you had been talking to me, and I so appreciate that and encourage everyone to read your book. Thank you. I did. I wrote it for you. Oh, yes, you did. Thank you so much. Lovely talking with you. Thank you, Bonnie. Same to you. And I can't wait for our next time together. Yes, soon, I hope. Expression expert Bobby Casalino Lewis's new book, So That's What 70 Looks Like, is for all women and all enlightened men who support women. Find it on Amazon, ladies. It will inspire you, and you can reach Bobby at her website at bobbycasalinolewis.com. You can also read more about her in FlagstaffBusinessNews.com and QuadCitiesBusinessNews.com. And as we've heard from the expression expert, Bobby Casolino Lewis, knowing who we are and all the parts of our essence, living and dressing as our true selves, builds confidence and promotes authenticity. This is Zony Living business, adventure, and leadership. I'm Bonnie Stevens.